Yeah. This be a life, no gimmick. Welcome back to the Triple S Podcast. I'm joined today by uh, a very special guest, my best friend, Jackson Bennett. What's up, Welcome brother? to the show, my friend. How you doing? Appreciate it. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Nice. I'm good. So Jackson's back, a uh, professional football player for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So he's just back in Ottawa on his bye week. Uh, so let's just speak about that a little bit. So being a professional athlete, you know, you play for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. What's it been like so far? It's been, you know, a dream come true, you know. A lot of people don't get the opportunity to, to play, and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to take the best of my opportunities, and, you know, you get to meet a bunch of other people and, you know, just kind of carry yourself forward between, you know, meeting these people and kind of taking what they can teach you and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, you know, it's a blessing, and I'm grateful for every day I wake up and I'm able to play, so, because it's not going to last forever. So, yeah. um, I'm enjoying a lot, and I'm very happy that the team's doing great this year and kind of melding together place. as a team, so. I'm having a lot of fun. Awesome. So we'll loop back to the CFL stuff, but uh, I want to rewind, you know, bring it back to the grassroots. So mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to talk a little bit for the people that don't know us very well. They might not know uh, the story of how we met. I've told it, I think, on Deepak's <laughs> podcast, but yeah. it's a cool story. So you know, I'm going to tell it again. Mm -hmm. So it was the first day of grade five. And um, I know I heard about this, this new kid. Everyone's talking about, oh, this new kid, this yeah. new kid. Oh, he's so fast. No one can beat him in a race. Oh, this new kid. Cool kid. You know, he's half black, half white. I'm like, okay. At that point, I'm like kind of one of the faster kids, you know. And mm -hmm. it's kind of weird how when you're young, the measure of like your coolness is your athleticism if you're yeah. fast. If you're fast and athletic, most of the times, you know, like you you make, you have friends and whatnot. Like obviously you can otherwise too, but mm. it's just one of those weird markers when you're young. So I hear this and I'm like, okay, yeah, but he hasn't raced me yet. <laughs> go out race yeah. get destroyed by a far superior athlete no and, but uh, i'll say that during that race i kind of cut you off I <laughs> you did and i, I remember yes, you know you i was upset. a little kid i was like hey he cut me off <laughs> but at the same time you know i knew deep down back then i was like the only reason he cut me off is because he's running that much faster than me <laughs> to get in front of me but uh yeah just a little cool story i like to mm. tell but yeah, uh, i won't forget that that was fun so before you came to Ottawa, you lived in a couple different cities, right? Because mm -hmm. your dad was in the military. So mm -hmm. you lived in, what was it, Petawawa? Where else did you live before you lived in Ottawa? Yeah, so I was born in Belleville. Um, so we lived in Belleville and then Trenton. And that was kind of my early years. So I don't remember too much about those places. But um, sometimes my parents come, they we drive through there sometimes. We're going from here and there. So they take me through memory lane sometimes. But I don't remember. But so you've seen the house that you, you were yeah. like first in and stuff like that? The first house. And then, you know, when you're going through the family photos at home and you see a picture of yourself when you're a baby and you're in diapers and like you see the house in the picture and then you go through it in real life and it's, you kind of put the two together. So it's kind of cool. But um, so yeah, Belleville, Trenton. And then, and then we went to Kingston and then Kingston, I went from, that's when I started school. So kindergarten, grade one. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we moved to um, Alberta. So Alberta, we did two and three. Um, and then after that, we moved to Petawawa, did grade four for just a year there. So that was really quick. That was probably the, the quickest uh, move we had. Um, and then after Petawawa, we went to um, here. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah been here five. for, uh, I want to say 12, 12 plus. Yeah. Or something like that. So something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But it's been a while, so this is home. Yeah. This is home. So with everybody. So what was it like moving around that much and what was like what was the first place you remember and was it hard to to kind of bounce around from place to place like that? Yeah, I mean like when you're that age, um, like your environment is everything. Like you, you get put in a certain environment and you kinda of mold to that. Mm -hmm. So um when I was living in Petawawa at first because um, it's very different from the other spots because there's a lot of space in Petawawa. It's very small. Mm -hmm. So when we were in Petawawa, um, I didn't like it at first, you know. Um, I didn't have too many friends there and stuff. And, you know, as the year progressed, um, you started to make friends. You enjoyed being outside a lot more. We had a big yard, so mm -hmm. you enjoyed being outside more. My grandpa would come up, we'd do fishing and stuff because they had the lake right there or the river right there. Um, and a bunch of that stuff. And then as soon as you get to that groove of things... We out of there. Out of there. Yeah. So that's that tough. was, I think that was the, 
the toughest move because it was so quick. But um, the other moves were were not as mm-hmm. tough because we were we were there for longer. But I know what kind of it's kind of the opposite what yeah. Cup move says. But um, but yeah, yo, I think I think Petawal was. I had a lot of fun in Petawal because that's when I kind of started to play sports. Mm. Was in Petawal too, so. Um, and then at Ottawa here, and was able to meet all you guys. So nice. So you, you already are. You kind of already answered my next question, which is where did you start to play sports? And so you said Petawawa. What was yeah. the first sport that you ever picked up? Yeah. So first sport, soccer. Yeah. The you usual. Know, it's the uh, you know it's the cheapest sport and easiest to get into. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, all you gotta buy is a pair of cleats and some shin pads and maybe some socks and you're good to go. But um, so I started soccer. My dad was a coach too. So. Uh, we were doing just the house league stuff, um, and then afterwards, progressed soccer into Petawa, or into Ottawa, and then did a lot of soccer, learned about football, got into football, and here I am. Yeah, so, yeah. so you started playing football in grade five, I believe, right? The first year you came here, was it, or was it in grade six? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think I started just after I got here, so maybe six or seven, hmm. something like that. Um, but yeah, because I know when I got here, my dad really wanted me to play, like stay with soccer. But I just fell in love with football. It, just, it took my heart. So yeah. um, I had to, you know, you got to choose some stuff for yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, and my dad supports me with everything. So he's, he's happy that I'm playing football now and stuff. But uh, maybe at the time he wanted me to play soccer. But yeah, um, but yeah so football, football definitely was, uh, you know, on Sundays when you're watching football. Mm-hmm. And my dad always watched football on Sunday, so. A big uh, Chicago Bears fan. Yeah, he loves Chicago. So I think how it worked was he was watching a, a Bears game, obviously, one Sunday. And they were playing the Eagles or something like that. Mm. And I just wanted to be, like, competitive with my dad. So I picked the Eagles that day. And then I ever since I've been, wow. you know, an Eagles fan. But, That's crazy. And then we went to see. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But we went to go see uh, one of their games in uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Financial. Mm-hmm. I think that's the Eagles home field. Scott, is that the, the Eagles home field? Yeah. We got Scott Mayers over there, my boy. Another Eagles, Eagles fan. fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and JBL Fuego behind the camera as usual. <laughs> but yeah, so Eagles fan ever since, and I've been, been rocking with them. So. Nice. So we'll rewind it a little bit back. So you talked about how, which a lot of people might not know because especially you're so D's. Uh, not a lot of soccer players are D's like that, you know. But so a lot of people might not know you actually were a very good soccer player. You probably could have went very far in the sport of soccer also, but uh, eventually chose football. So just speak a little bit to, and like as well, you played a lot of other sports, basketball, volleyball, you name mm-hmm. it, you probably played it similar to myself. Yeah. So how tough was it? Because a lot of athletes will have experiences or will experience this in so- at some point in their career. How tough was it to narrow it down to one sport or to cut a sport, cut a sport, cut a sport, and eventually just land on football and sticking to one sport. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to just start and, and just do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that, you know, your environment will, like, shape you into into who you are. So um, put yourself in, you know, try this, try that. Um, and even though you might not like it or things, it's, you know, you got to look at sometimes the, the good things that come from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the physical activity, meeting people, meeting friends, learn how to be sociable, um, learn how to talk in front of people, um, learn how to present yourself and things like that. So um, I think what separated me from soccer to football was, um, I think, just the physicality. And I could I could be more, um, I could use more of my physicality in football than I could in soccer was, was I felt like. So I think that's why I moved over there, and and obviously you know all your friends started to play football too. You know, mm-hmm. you're playing football. Yeah. You know, everybody else is playing football, so you know you kind of you follow your friends sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that was so that was one of the big reasons, but um, but yeah, it is it is tough to kind of choose one sport, mm. um, even though you might love one other. But um, at some point, you know, you gotta understand that you know you gotta make a decision at some point. Yeah. And you know things might things might not go a certain way at first, but you know you can always find your, like your way or your path. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just on that note, I just want to kind of mention a lot of people. What they'll like a common misconception is: oh, if you want your kid to go pro, you want your kid to be the best they can be at a sport, 
specialize them right away. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not the way to go. I mean, I learned yeah. about that in school. It's mm-hmm. it's also just kind of becoming common knowledge, which is, which is a good thing. But yeah. what they say is that it's when you're young, when you're just starting out, it's depth over breadth. I think I'm getting that right. I hope okay. I'm getting it right. So it's to play multiple sports, yeah. uh, to do soccer, to do basketball. Gymnastics is another big one that I've yeah. heard is good for boys and girls when they're young, just to get that range of motion and to, to set yourself up well for later in life when you're playing other sports, you have better mobility. Yeah. Um, but just to, to broaden your range of sports and activities that you do, it's just going to make you a better, more well-rounded athlete in whatever sport you end up specializing in if you end up specializing. So yeah. just wanted to give the, a little shout out to that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I think that like you don't really know what you know your kid can do at first. Like, exactly. You don't want to narrow him and be like, okay, you're doing this, even though you know maybe that's what like, you like to do, but you know you got to see what you know. They would have been a stud in something else. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So no, I feel you on that one for sure. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the high school days. Mm. I mean, when we started playing, uh, I think your first season was in Mosquito in Panthers. But yep. moving on to high school, you know, we played Panthers throughout, but mm. went to Sir Will, you know, and uh, grade nine, I actually wasn't playing, but you were playing. Mm. Uh, so just kind of talk to me about the experience playing at Sir Will and, and some of your highlights there. Mm. So, yeah, in grade nine, I remember I wore number 21. and I, I was, was 24. 24? Yeah. 24? 21? 24? Um, and then... Because you missed the team picture, right? I did. The that's only, right. The okay, only yeah. reason I remember this is going to sound weird, but the only reason I remember this is because in the team picture, I think they used the tackling dummy yeah. and put a jersey on it and a helmet on top of it. And yeah. I just remember seeing that the tackling dummy with a helmet on it with a 24. I, that's just burned in my brain for whatever reason, but continues. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. We were uh, I was on vacation in mm-hmm. uh, in Europe there when we went to Barcelona and stuff. Yes. So I do remember that. It was a funny picture. But absolutely, in grade nine, um, we weren't the best at all. I think we were the worst team. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I think we won one game, mm-hmm. one game in, in total. And it was a rough season. You know, you don't usually get guys out to practice. You get like, 15 guys, you know, of course they're jumping in to, you know, be like a scout, Mm -hmm. you know, player, defense or offense and stuff. But it's cool to kind of progress through high school. And the more you're able to rally people together, you know, you start from like humble beginnings and then you kind of work your way up to, um, you know, having a ring, getting a ring, man. Yeah. yeah, And beating, you know, your cross the street rivals. So um, it's kind of amazing to see. And just being like a part of that and just being grateful for, you know, the team you, everybody put together. So yeah. um, it was sweet. In grade 10, um, we were getting a little better. Um, 11, I knew we got to, we were tier two in grade 11. Yeah. We, we won the... Uh, we won the tier two championship. Yep. Yes, we did. Yep. Um, we played on that... Uh, Carpet field there. Over yes, at, we uh, played at um, the Pian Sports. The Pian Sports. The kids today, though, I don't think many of them would have ever played on that field. But nah. uh, for those who don't know, if you if you've ever played at the Pian Sportsplex now, it's a little better. Uh, it's still not the greatest turf, mm. but uh, it used to literally be a bright green, <laughs> like you're playing on hard carpet. Like it was, yeah. it was horrible. You uh, couldn't wear cleats. You'd have to wear basketball shoes. Was usually the shoe of choice, or if you had like indoor soccer cleats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. I know your swag kind of went down a little bit because you couldn't wear your matching cleats and stuff, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, it was fun. It was fun nonetheless. But mm-hmm. so, do you remember? Because um, I'm gonna say it again, you're these men, you know. So, do you remember when it was that training became a big part of of your regime and your path in uh, in becoming a professional football player? Yeah. So um, when I chose football, um, I put everything aside and and I wanted to focus on one thing because I wanted to see, you know how much potential I had in that one, uh, that field. So in grade 10, I told myself, okay, um, I'm going to use some of the people. I'm going to ask for help from some of the people around me so they can help me in the gym and go to the gym every other day. So I got a good life pass. Mm-hmm. And we got that summer pass. Yep. For, I think it was 17, 14 to 17 or something like that. Um, so I went to the gym in the summer. Every other day I was in the gym. Uh, doing something so that that see that kind of summer was kind of the turning point and and saying hey 
I'm going to be a football player kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of dedicated myself in terms of that and then was able to put on, you know, a few more pounds and stuff um, and then come back and then pick up, um, kind of go to, because working in the gym by yourself, um, you can get a lot done. But um, I feel like when you're in an environment with other people, you're able to be more competitive mm -hmm. and then you can reach goals you wouldn't think you'd be able to reach by yourself. So that's why I like environment so much because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about. You're just like Play-Doh yeah. kind of thing. And so, yeah, so I picked up uh, kind of a group training. You, you were there, too. Yeah. When we went to King yeah. and stuff. So we went to King uh, every after school, you know, mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. Got to jump on the bus, 136. Yes, to uh, class and then the 95 to, to Ottawa U. Yeah. And it's crazy to think how much time we spent going just traveling yeah working out working our butts off puking on the yeah. on the turf down <laughs> you there you still with. have that picture i think early early in your instagram oh sure. yeah yeah you're like <laughs> fetal position puking in the, the garbage oh that turf was so good it was so yeah, gross but yeah. it was it was where hard work was done man like we worked our butts off down there and it was fun yeah i loved it bro like yeah. it was sweet i'll never forget that and then yeah just the time it took you know traveling working there traveling back and then when we did gridiron too mm -hmm. you know after school late yeah that late, was, was late mm -hmm. so you know even then it was you know i just learned taught us to to be more like time managed mm -hmm. and things like that so that, that was cool and then mom picked us up every time yeah stopped at tivies uh Chocolate milk. Always, yeah. They always preach the chocolate milk. You gotta, yeah. have, you gotta have chocolate milk after you work out. It's gonna help you recover. Yeah. yeah I think I think they all saw that same commercial that aired for for a little while back then. It was like the best drink to help you recover, chocolate milk. <laughs> I mean, it, it is pretty good, but yeah, yeah, there's other drinks too. But absolutely, yeah. So I'll just rewind a little bit. Uh, you talked about the the group atmosphere and how that can kind of promote reaching a higher level and. Just wanted to mention something I, I saw recently. So it mm. was a picture of Baker Mayfield running his 40. And it said that his fastest clocked speed, it was 16 point, I'm going to guess here, I think it was like 16.92, um, something around that range. And then it said Baker Mayfield's top speed when he was running to the end zone on Nick Chubb's, uh, I think it was like a 80-something yard carry. Oh, yeah. okay. And his top speed was 18 point something miles per hour. Yeah, And it just goes to show that like, when he's running his 40, obviously he's motivated. He wants to run fast, get drafted, but it's just him. Mm -hmm. But when Nick Chubb is running to the end zone and his teammates, he sees linemen running down, his receivers are running down. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get there. It's that whole group mentality. Yeah. He ran two miles per hour faster than we supposedly running as fast as he could possibly run. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was kind of cool, and it kind of relates back to what you were saying. So Absolutely, yeah. About. And shout out to Baker Mayfield playing right now, actually, as we speak. I think they're losing, uh, but... Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. This will air after that's out, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah. So just wanted to rewind a little bit also to uh, to the Gridiron days. So mm. we both were were in Gridiron Academy, I believe, in grade uh, end of grade ten and then maybe grade eleven. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, I mean, if you watch the podcast, you would have seen when I talked mm -hmm. to Coach Vic. But Coach Vic. for those who don't know, Gridiron is uh, an academy that basically. It tries to make you a better man, and it's also trying to to promote athletes going to Division One colleges in the states. You know, get those those scholarships and play Division One football. So, I mean, for those who know you, you went to Ottawa U, so the whole D one thing didn't really work out. But mm -hmm. so, just speak a little bit to how how hard you worked and the fact that the D one dream didn't kind of go how it how it was uh, envisioned. Mm -hmm. So obviously, everybody has that that big dream of NFL. Yeah, that's the that's the goal, you know. Um, but you know, like, it's such a, it's such a hard window to get into and it's so, so difficult to, to get there. And I knew that, you know, when I started out, I wanted to put all my effort into, you know, being in the gym, um, you know, being on top of my, my school and stuff, making sure, I'm, you know, being able to put myself in a position to actually do something. Um, so I think that's what Gridiron taught me was, you know, it was books, you know, you know, family. And all those things first before mm -hmm. before football. So, um, you know, doing all those things and, and just trying to, you know, get to where you, you want to be. But at the end of the day, you never know, um, you know, if you have this opportunity or this opportunity. When you have an opportunity in front of you, um, you just got to be able to, you know, 
sees it. Yeah. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. Um, and it also has a lot to do with the years that you have going in. So a lot of people, mm-hmm. they'll look back and they'll say, well, there was other kids that were around Jackson skill and, you know, they went down south and which is true. And I, for, for what it's worth, I obviously think that you could have went to, to one of those big colleges and played well, as mm-hmm. well as any of the other guys that are there. But the, it's, it's the fact of, of years, right? So you were yeah. a year or two years older than some of those guys, which, which doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't help. But yeah. um, it was just unfortunate. I, think, I feel like if we would have been in gridiron um, maybe a year before or two years before, mm-hmm. there's no way you would have been in the CIS. Like it would have been almost a surefire to go D1 somewhere, for mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, regardless, I think, like, when I was able to go out of you, um, I loved it there. And I tried my best to, you know, take advantage of that opportunity mm-hmm. and, you know, just soak that all in and be a part of the culture over there. And I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I'll never forget it and things like that. All my teammates there and everybody and all uh, the coaches, the staff, you know, my trainers and stuff. And um, it's I, I love going back there. Yeah. I love going back there. Even I'm not even done school now, and I'm kind of excited to go back to school. You know, <laughs> that sounds weird to say, but um, but yeah. So yeah. how are you? How are you working with finishing your degree and being a professional athlete at the same time? Doesn't that overlap? Like, well, I, I know, but just mm. for the people that no, don't absolutely. know, how does that how does that work for you? Yeah. So actually, I, I'm actually in the midst of kind of organizing my winter semester because um, it's tough. Because um, you know, like only some classes are offered at mm. certain time periods. So. Yes. Let's say calculus two is only offered in in the fall. For example, I'm not sure if it is, but um, so example calculus two is only offered in the fall. So I wouldn't be able to do anything in the fall because of the CFL season goes until end of November. Um, so right now I'm trying to figure out, hey, am I gonna be able to even though I go to school, come back to school after the season, and go for school from January to April, am I gonna be able to take classes that are only offered in the fall, substitute those for those ones? So make them count for those ones and then do those in the winter. Yeah. So I, I have to ask kind of head up in the, uh, in the in the faculty and things like that to get that done. So um, I'd like to finish, you know, as soon as possible. So I don't want to be because I want to do football as long as my body will mm-hmm. hold up. Yep. So I don't want to be, you know, hopefully 10 years is, is awesome. It'll be an awesome uh, goal right now. So. I think 10 years is, is my goal, if, if more than awesome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 10 years from now, I, I don't have to go back to school and, you know, be that old guy in class and yeah. feel kind of <laughs> weird. But. So I wanted to, we'll talk a little bit more about the Ottawa U days, but just mm-hmm. before we moved on to there, I wanted to ask if you were talking to, if I was a kid who was about to embark on the journey of recruiting, playing next level sports, What's any piece of advice you would give to to maybe a, a kid in grade 9, 10, even 11 or 12 who's about to be on that journey to play CIS or or uh, Division 1 sports? Mm-hmm. So the main thing is it's okay if you don't know what you what you want to do in school, you know. Um, the main thing is um, make sure you pick up like very good habits. I think habits is is so important and we say that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. So 21 days to make sure you're, you know, you're not procrastinating and, and doing things you shouldn't be doing instead of uh, prioritizing homework and stuff and things like that and um, being on top of things in terms of, you know, family. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like books and and doing little things too. You know, sometimes I give examples of um, when little kids. Um, you know they're they're running around outside. They come back inside the house, and you know mom tells them to you know make the bed. You know, it's little things like that. If you do it now, that kind of translates to okay, I'm gonna do my homework now. Yeah. But if you know if you if mom says make your bed, and then you you wait till you know later that day to do it, you know maybe that habit will be picked up, and you mm-hmm. say oh I'm gonna do my homework a later later that day, you know, or maybe the next week it gets even worse, but. It's just little things that you want to pick up and kind of be consistent at that. You know, pick a few things, a few important things that you can be consistent in that and kind of carry those and, and kind of bring that throughout your whole life. So um, I think the biggest message is just focus on the little things because mm-hmm. those will pile up into kind of the big goal and stuff. So, mm. All right. So 
on a on a similar note, uh, yeah, they're not on silent, man. <laughs> Got the DMs blowing up, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, so one thing that a lot of people, if if they do know you, they would definitely know that you're one of the hardest working people that I've ever met. Uh, whether it was in the gym, in school, whatever you were doing, you always put your your best foot forward. In the gym, I mean, this guy puts up crazy numbers, always going hard. Classroom, same thing. So just speak a little bit to something that's actually in your Instagram bio, input equals output. So how mm. important is it to to put your all into anything that you do? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, you always hear, you know, do your best, do your best, do your best. And obviously it's true. Um, but I think, you know, input versus output, you know, input equals output, I should say. Um Whenever you work hard at something, um, you know, everything is earned. Like I like to say, you know, you got to earn something to really like cherish that thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you put hours and hours into the gym, then you get where you, you want to be that certain goal. Obviously, you want to you get to your first goal and then you set another mm-hmm. one kind of thing. So putting all that effort into that thing, getting there, it, it feels so like it's amazing. Like it's so sweet to be able to say, hey, like, I worked hard to get that. And nobody can take that from me, yeah. kind of thing. Like when you first benched uh, eight plates, huh? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I wish. <laughs> but yeah, just being able to say I worked hard to do that and I earned it, mm-hmm. not like I wasn't given anything, kind of thing. So um, I think you're able to humble yourself that way. Um, I was able to humble myself that way and kind of just you know put my head down and and do my thing. Um, do you think that that's something that's lacking with with today's generation? Do you think that 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 sense of I earned it and it, it means a lot to me because I earned it? Do you think that that's lacking at all in kids maybe too entitled today? Uh, maybe because um, you know things, you know, with as time goes on, things become uh, more accessible and, and easier to, to obtain. So I think maybe kids sometimes, you know, they they're given things and you know they don't. They don't understand that you got to be able to earn things and mm-hmm. and and kind of work hard to work towards those things and and they'll understand that soon enough. But we got to be able to instill that message yeah. and be able to, you know, as we do it, we're able to show them. You know, yeah, um, we can do that. But um, I think that's kind of our responsibility to to do that and stuff. So uh, I always I always like to think that, you know, if you have, if you're able to help. Then it's your responsibility to do so. Mm. Or something cool. Uh, I like writing like little things in my notes yeah. sometimes, so I have a little page of a, a thing. So yeah, little corny if, quotes. Huh? Yeah, little corny <laughs> quotes. <but laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, if, if you have the power to help, I think it's our responsibility to to do so. So um, I think yeah, we should be able to, you know, teach everybody, all the kids, is our lower generations. So we're learning from you know people who are there before us. We're we're standing on the shoulders mm-hmm. of people before us. So. Um, so we got to take what they worked hard for. We got to work for things hard for things that we need or mm-hmm. we want, and then we got to show the next generation that you got to work for things that you want too. So big I time, think it's super time. important. But. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the Ottawa U days. So mm. just kind of walk us through your time there, and maybe some highlights, lowlights, the fact mm. that you came and started as a running back, and just kind of walk us through your Ottawa U time. Yeah. So when I got there in 2014. After the big recruiting process, after our off the game, um, you know, a bunch of cool schools came up to me, and I chose Ottawa U because um, I was kind of just already in the culture there. Ottawa being home already, so I was I was kind of exposed to that environment already. And the King Football, you know, we're already working out with Ottawa U players. So. Exactly, exactly. So you know, me and you down there, we're working out with with the guys down there. We're already becoming like brothers, pretty much, with them. So um, I kind of chose them because of that, and. Obviously, financial is always going to be a question. So uh, I was able to stay here and save money, mm-hmm. stay at mom's home, yeah, and get that mom's cooking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> lots of eggs. Yeah, lots of eggs. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so started in 2014, and I came in as a running back, even though I played a little bit of defense when I was in, in, uh, in high school. But, you know, it wasn't as, obviously, it's not as complex as, you know, as college ball is, so... When I got there, running back went through camp as running back, and then at, at camp they said, "Hey, you know Jackson, you know we need some help on defense. You know we're down a couple players, and you know we think you can you know do something on defense." And 
you know, when opportunity like that like presents itself, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to turn away something that could be, you know, beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't know if, if it'd be de- beneficial for you. So I kind of, you know, I jumped on that and said, hey, you know, if it's going to help the team, I'm, I'm all in because that's, that's what football is, yeah. you know. You play for the guy next to you. Exactly. And, that's a great attitude to have for sure. Mm, so you play for the guy next to you, you play for, you know, the teammate and you play for the colors on, you know, your jersey and the whole kind of culture. So, um, so yeah, I jumped on defense, played field half at first. Uh, no, I played safety at first. No, I think you started at field at half. At field half? Yeah. Okay. Against Queens. I think you played your first two games at field half and then you moved to safety. And that's when you you forced that fumble. See, I know you're, I know you're playing okay, history better, better than, than you do. do. Goodness gracious. But, okay, yeah, field half, then safety. And then I played um, Sam linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then I played boundary half of my last year. So first year was both kind of free safety and field half. And then I got hurt in 2015. I blew out my shoulder and and knocked myself out. So tell the people who you actually got injured against. Oh, it's funny. It's funny to to talk about that one. So in 2015, we played Montreal, and I was uh, at the Panda game this weekend. I was talking to Coach Watts about it. It was funny. So we played Montreal preseason, and we kicked the ball out. We kicked the ball off to them. They have the possession on, you know, kind of end their end, probably around like 30 or so. And they, I'm in the, I'm in the pipe and playing safety. I miss my read, they catch a seam. So I'm, I'm like upset. I'm like, and then the next play, they run the ball. It's kind of like outside zone. And I'm just, I'm just trying to like blow somebody up. I'm like, I just want to get it all out because they caught a yeah. seam on me. So I'm kind of frustrated. So I go full tilt at the running back. He kind of pops out. So I'm running full tilt at the running back. He puts his head down at the last second because I thought I thought he was pretty upwards. So I'm I'm thinking I'll get him right in the in the chest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I go, puts his head down in the last second, and my head's obviously there too. So we both hit heads, and then we kind of just like just pass out. I'm like I'm like this, like <laughs> he's like this, and like it was like crazy. But um, thankfully, and you know we're blessed that we're still okay and stuff. Um, so who was that player that? Uh, that That's you the thing. So uh, Sean Sean Thomas Erlington, he's like my teammate now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny to you know after we had that hit, you know we do our own careers and then we come back and we're on the same team now. Yeah. You guys ever and, talk about that? Yeah, we joke about it now. It's kind of you know uh, it's funny, but uh, but yeah, it's kind of cool to see and stuff. But um, you know the people you play with and stuff and and uh, Earl's is a, is a great guy. I love him and stuff. So. Uh, great running back and mm-hmm. hope to see him back soon and stuff so yeah. um and yeah so that year ac joint out um so that whole year was a write-off so the next year i played sam linebacker final year I played boundary half and then that was it the oh. mike picks it up but oh, continue sorry <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay it's okay and then yeah uh fourth year boundary half and got <clears throat> excuse me got drafted and then not with the awesome. tie cat, so awesome so mm. just talk a little bit about uh what it felt like to score your first collegiate touchdown i, I think it was in toronto right mm. uh, the, the kick return yeah so what was the feeling like to, to to score any of your collegiate touchdowns what was that feeling like mm-hmm. yeah i think the greatest feeling when you when you do something like that is is just uh, being recognized by like your teammates obviously you know it feels good like for yourself to mm-hmm. You know, be in the end zone, and you know, you you scored kind of thing. You know, you put points on the board, mm-hmm. but just to have like, I remember every every touchdown I scored in in college when I had like a big kick return. Uh, I always I always remember. Obviously, like most of my teammates like showed up, but um, Tyler McLaren was always like the first one to get down there. And it was so, I just like I won't forget that and, th- and stuff like that. So I think just being able to kind of share that with everybody and being recognized and mm-hmm. like respected. By your peers is like, is something that's kind of is pretty special. So, um, so yeah. So that touchdown that I scored on the first kickoff, uh, I remember it too because uh, I had my family from 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 back in Barry that came up. Uh, I haven't seen them in forever. It was been like ten years or something like that. And I remember Coach Watts was like, "Yeah, like they're gonna they're gonna blow off a big cannon at the first, so kind of let throw you off." And then. I, like for sure they hit it off boom cannon goes 
I catch it. Was it when they like when the kicker kicked the ball? They did a cannon like they kind of kicked they kicked it and then like oh like right before I caught it they, oh, they blew the cannon. Off. So they're really trying to throw you off. Okay, mm, so, I thought it was just like thematic when the kicker kicks it, you know. But yeah, wow, okay. So it was like in midair they they uh, they hit the cannon off. So I caught it and boom! Everybody just made the block, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy how football works. Is everybody's got to do their job, kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. crazy. So, you know, you, you can only give all the credit to everybody else. So, and just being able to run down that field. And I, when I watch the tape, I always watch the sideline. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I've seen myself like running off. So, I just see the sideline, everybody like jumping up, and that's pretty cool. But, but yeah. Yeah. So for people that don't know you, uh, I'm sure you might have noticed just by the way you explained that whole situation. You're a very humble guy, and sometimes you know you're too modest. It was a great play by yourself. You're right; they did make great blocks, but uh, it is important. I was talking to a player actually recently uh, in the game I coached in, and we lost the game. But um, this player's on the other team, and I coached him previously on another team. Great player, but he's starting to go to, a little bit down that path of you know being a bit too a bit too cocky, and he's mm-hmm. good, but he's not he's not at the level where I think he should be. No matter how good you are, actually, you shouldn't be talking to that degree and, you know, degrading the other team, uh-huh. high-stepping into the end zone, stuff like that. Uh-huh. So just kind of speak a little bit to how important you think it is to remain humble um, when you're playing sports and just in life in general. Yeah, I mean, that's like um, my main thing is uh, I have a quote there from the Bible. It says, for those who exalt themselves shall be humbled and those who humble themselves shall be exalted. And I kind of like live by that kind of thing. Um, I think when you're humble, um, I think I don't think it's a a sign of like like you're not confident. I think it's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like it's like a a leader, something a leader should have. A leader shouldn't be you know exalting himself and being like, hey, you know, this and that and this and that. You know, um, a leader should be you know finding solutions to problems and not thinking about things like that. So. I feel like, um, you know, that humbleness is something, you know, people should carry around and, and people people like that, Yeah, I feel like. so. It's kind of like um, leading by example rather than, you know, being boastful and just talking. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. And you can be confident. I mean, you got to be confident. Like, um, you got to believe in yourself. That's, uh, that's number one, too, is, you know, believing in yourself. But um, being able to, you know, ground yourself and, you know, be grateful for why you're here, you know, why you got here, who got you here. And things like that. So, um, you know, humble, being humble and humility is is something that is important. Yeah. So I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone here because, mm. as we just said, you're a very humble guy. And mm. I just want you to speak a little bit as we wrap up this kind of Ottawa U segment. Yeah. Uh, just some of your accolades that you that you acquired while you were at Ottawa U. Mm-hmm. Some of the, the big kind of awards that you got. Um, so when I was in my first year, I was able to get the... Uh, um, I was on. I wasn't the OUA rookie of the year, but I was able to get OUA rookie team. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the all-star team, I guess, for the rookies. But I got that, and then um, honestly, I, I think I forget some of them. Really? <laughs> um, I know my last year, I had um, I had second team all Canadian mm-hmm. uh, as a as a as a DB, and then I had. I had one for a returning defensive too. MVP. That might be one you wanna you wanna mention. Yeah, well, that was good. The, that MV, defensive MVP of the whole uh, of the whole conference. That mm-hmm. was pretty well, impressive. Uh, the President's Trophy, mm-hmm. and then got second team All Canadian, and then I got uh, first team All Star uh, OUA uh, for de- defense, and then I got second team All Star for return uh, kick return, and then third year, pretty sure I got All Star too. I think it might have been second team. Um, and then my second year I didn't play, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who got uh, the first team All-Star as a returner in your fourth year? Was it Curly? It was Curly. Yeah, yeah it was Curly. <laughs> a little curly. quiz for you there. <laughs> Shout out to Curly, you know. Curly. Topped out, topped out your boy Jackson there, you know. Got the best of them in that, in yeah, that case. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a very successful career at Ottawa U. And then, so just talk a little bit about the whole process of going to the combine and, and getting drafted. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, combine was, was a big thing. And, you know, obviously you have your nerves coming up to it. But um, 
I think for me it was it was fun just to you know just to be there and be able to um, kind of be in the spotlight a little bit, you know, when I'm usually kind of you know do my own thing and trying to you know work in yeah and you know in your own your own thing and making sure you're on track and stuff. But um, <clears throat> so in that in that last year at Auto U, uh, I was kind of getting more attention from yeah, the media and the stuff. Articles and, are coming in, interviews. Mm, so you know. Some guys are coming to the field, and I'm having media conversations with them, trying to see what kind of person I am, um, and that kind of stuff. And then you get to the combine, you know, you train all this time, get to the combine, and you have to sit down with all nine teams, and you have to, you know, you're wearing a suit, you know, giving your best effort, and you're trying to, you know, present yourself to, you know, your future boss, pretty much. So, um, so that was I was pretty cool. I enjoyed the meetings a lot, um, and I enjoyed. Uh, you know, being able to perform, you know, pretty much on TV, um, on TSN and stuff. So I was able to, you know, put up good numbers, but mm-hmm. felt like I could have put way better numbers up. But we won't talk about that. Too modest. <laughs> Again, too modest. So for those who, who don't know, uh, he's saying he wanted to put up better numbers. So in the bench press, Jackson was the third. He had the third most reps of any player in the entire combine. Keep in mind, he's a defensive back. So there's guys that are O-linemen, big, thick O-linemen, D-linemen, <laughs> linebackers. And I think you put up, what was it, uh, 28? I'm not sure. Me, 28? Was it 28? Nah, 22. 22. 22, 22 yeah. 22. <laughs> I think, and then the leader, I think, at 25. So yeah, yeah. To, so, yeah, I think you're being a bit too modest again <laughs> here. You, you put up good numbers. Mm-hmm. You might, maybe you're talking about your 40, but it still wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and it was a weird track, too, wasn't it? Because a lot of the numbers uh, for the 40 that year were, were kind of skewed. It was different. Know? It was different. It was just a different material. So, I mean, everybody had to run on it. So, I guess it was it was the same for everybody. That's but, fair. Um, I was able to uh, to redeem myself. Um, we had a, I had a pro day at Ottawa. Yes. And that was pretty fun. That was really fun. Because, you know, it's the NFL. Yeah. You know, you have somebody from the NFL there. So Redskins showed up uh, from Washington and I was able to run um, and do a bunch of drills for that. So I did my 40. Uh, I kept my numbers from my shuttle. Oh, no, not from my shuttle, from my... Um, what was it that I kept? I kept bench. And I think I kept the, the three cone. Yeah, I think you had a good three cone at the combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Anyways... Um, I was able to run a 4-4, um, best I've ever run, and I was able to bust out a few other good times, um, and then I did the, the ball drills and stuff with Joey, he was there, um, so yeah, that was a that was a very awesome experience to do, and the Red Blacks were there too, so that was pretty cool as well, nice. um, and the combine concluded, um, I was pretty... I was I was happy with my performance, but obviously you know you know me so yeah. Um, always room for, for yeah. improvement. There's always there's always you can always you know do a little more, um, and then yeah, and then went back to school, and then finished my exams. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, you know, you go from you know doing an interview for the CFL and then you come back to school, yeah, and then you gotta you know dial in for those. That April. Big change of pace, for sure. Yeah, the end yeah. of April, you know how it is. Um, and then after that, you know, draft a hit. And it was cool enough to be at the Titan mm-hmm. with Joey and kind of hosted it for us. So that was pretty cool. And then had everybody there, you know, my boys there, yeah, everybody yeah. was there. So, um, and it was kind of, it was awesome. Just to have all the things you've done at, like, one spot. It's kind of all tied it together. Yeah. Yeah. And then now it's, you know, I want to be able to do so much more from that and kind of branch off and, you know, do all these cool things I want to accomplish in the, in the CFL and, and be, you know, even better. So, yeah, it was sweet. So what was it like um, on draft day? What were the nerves like? Was it was it more excited or was it more so on the nervous side? Like, oh, my God, I could be I could be in B.C., I could be in Edmonton, I could be in Ottawa. So kind of just talk a little bit about the whole draft day experience on its own Mm -hmm. so um when i was talking to my agent and stuff and you know through the media and everybody um and then through social media and stuff you know i was kind of projected pretty high and you know from that 
Um, sometimes it's it's important not to you know when you see stuff on social media it's kind of you know you know, you shouldn't you should always take it with like, yeah. you should always take it with like a grain of salt kind of mm-hmm. thing. So you know I didn't want to you know put myself and be like, hey you know I want to be drafted first and you know kind of like be disappointed. So yeah. I kind of you know I try to humble myself and be like you know what like hopefully like I've been getting this amount of attention. I hopefully you know it makes sense to get you know at least picked up. And at that point, I'm like, hey, I don't really care where where I go. You know, I just want to be with the team and be able to, you know, play and show them, you know, Jackson. So it was it was sweet to get picked up by Hamilton. You know, they're not too far away from home. Exactly. Mom and dad come up for every home game. So just a quick five hours drive. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a blessing to see how everything, you know, turns out the way it did. Yeah. I know it'd be hard to say that you wish you went somewhere else because you played for the Tiger Cats, obviously. But is there any is there any party that's like, damn, like it would have been cool to play for the Red Blacks? My mom really wanted uh, to play for Ottawa, obviously, because she'd be right outside yeah. the backyard. But um, but yeah, I mean, you never know how things could turn out. So um, right now, like we're doing awesome. So I don't I don't feel like I'd I'd, I'd be I'd, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. So yeah, in Ottawa. <laughs> I'm not doing so hot. Sorry, Red Blacks. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you you started in the CFL as a as a defensive back, you know, linebacker, playing primarily on special teams, and you've done enough. Like because as we said before, you're a hard worker. You keep grinding. You keep grinding. And then this past season, you were actually promoted, uh, or not promoted. You were switched to offense. So mm-hmm. what was it like when you got that call from your coach and he said, "Listen." We want to switch you to offense. Mm-hmm. I was I was super excited. I ran downstairs and told mom really quick. I was like, "Hey, guess what?" But you know, I was excited because I've done that before. You know, I switched from running back to DB, mm-hmm. and I'm going back to running back. Yeah. I'm doing what I was you know supposed to do in you know in, in college. So um, it was just amazing just to be able to get to camp, and even though. You know, you make all your, like, with your group of DBs, that's who you hang out with the most. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's just how it is. So you make that kind of knit group with your DBs a little bit. And then being able to, you know, jump up over to the running back side and kind of be, you know, having that tight, like, run back group now. That's the guys you hang out with the most. So yeah. now, so, um, and then being able to, you know, hang out with the rest of the team and, and gel like that was pretty cool. Um, and then just being able to have, like, a, a fresh a little bit of a kind of a fresh start, mm-hmm. not to football, but you know, to a different position. Exactly. Instead of running back, because I got to run forwards now. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that was pretty cool to see. And and I've I've always loved running back. That's that's the first position I fell in love with when we were playing Panther. So, yeah. um, you know, I love running the ball and I love, you know, just running as fast as you can. So, yeah. um, it was sweet to do. And mm-hmm. I remember the phone call. It was uh, during the off season, obviously, and coach uh, coach called me. He was like, "Hey, you know, would you want to play running back? Um, I think like it'd be it'd be good for you, and you'd have more opportunities to play." And I said, "All right, away." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, man, like let's do it." Um, you know, I want to be able to put some more film out. You know, I want to I want to show that I can do more um, for for the team, like for the Hamilton. So. Um, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. awesome. So he wasn't lying because, as as you noted, he said that you would get more opportunities to play, and you have had more opportunities to play outside of special teams. You got mm-hmm. your first ever start uh, not long ago, and mm-hmm. I think you had two starts. So, mm-hmm. what was it like to to get your first carries and then to also get your first starts? What, what were those two experiences like? Mm-hmm. So, at the beginning of the year, I had my first. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had my first two carries in Saskatchewan, or in Hamilton, but we played Saskatchewan. And they were negative yards. <laughs> I got the ball, I got thrown up in the back, and then things like that. So those are, you know, a humbling experience. You know, you're playing against, you know, professionals and, mm-hmm. and guys that have been playing for a while. So, you know, it's time to, you know, up your game a little bit. Um, and then I got another opportunity um, in Saskatchewan again. And I was able to, um, you know, pick up some good uh, blitzes and stuff. So I was able to, you know, uh, get my feet under under myself a little more. And then finally, when we hit uh, Labor Day, you know, 
I was kind of, you know, because in those games, I wasn't, I wasn't the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we went to Toronto, they were like, okay, Bennett, you know, like you're in the rotation, get ready to play, you know, running back. So I'm like, you know, absolutely, you know, I'll probably be, you know, I'm in the rotation now, so I'm in the offense, you know, I'm going to be going. Yeah. It's like, it's time to go now. Exactly. So uh, me and Coombs, you know, we were out there and stuff like that. So I, like the first touchdown, man, like that hole opened up so big and I was so excited. Shout out to the O-line. Yeah, man, like the O-line. Like it's just so, it's just football. It's just like that though. Like, you know, one guy scores, but you forget about the other 11 guys that, you know, they're busting their butt to exactly. you know, get you there. So shout out everybody on the team. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, was a, that was a crazy, uh, a crazy touchdown for sure. I remember I was, mm. I was coaching a game at the time and as my game ended, I, I think your game was just kind of winding down. And mm-hmm. I got a text from Scott, who put in our group uh, chat. Yeah. He was like, oh, my gosh, you guys aren't going to believe it. Because <laughs> I wasn't watching the game at the time. You know, I like to watch when I can. But yeah. at this point, I was coaching. But uh, I got mm-hmm. the text. I go on Instagram. It's all over there. The Tiger Cats posted the CFL, I think, posted it. And uh, it was just a, a, an amazing thing to see because you worked so hard to get where you are. Mm-hmm. And then to finally see that payoff. Uh, it was definitely really exciting, and uh, just congratulations to you. Hopefully, it's the first of many. Yeah, and, uh, hopefully, yeah. yeah. So, it's you had, be. I think it was a big game. You had 12 carries for 70-something yards in, the, in that first touchdown. So, mm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. I remember your call after. Yeah. Or after I think I game. called you right on the spot. I was still at the field. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even undressed, man. I was yeah. like, what's up, bro? <laughs> so, what was it like? So, you got your first touchdown there. Awesome experience. What was it like to then the next game be announced the starter for the first time? Because in that game where you you had seventy nine yards and a touchdown, you weren't even starting. But what was it like the following game to be told, "Listen, Nate, you're gonna start this game." You know, I was. It was kind of it was awesome because I was able to you know show you know organization that I could play mm-hmm. um, at posit- at at running back, um, and then for them to you know uh, notice that. And kind of acknowledge that and then be able to say hey okay like go ahead like go play like you, you can like start for us so that was you know i'm grateful for that opportunity and stuff so um obviously the nerves are like always a thing but that's just because you're excited you yeah. know were you just, surprised at all when they told you you were going to start or did you kind of see it coming based off your performance um you never know what's going to happen but um i kind of i always wanted to you know get yourself ready for, you know, I had a good game. Mm-hmm. So I was ready to be like, hey, you know, I might be up again and things like that. So, um, but yeah, against Calgary, um, I was able to play and then I was able to start for real in Edmonton. And that was a lot of fun. You know, seeing the offense uh, do really well. Um, and then in Calgary, having like kind of that close game, yeah. being a part of the mm-hmm. You know that uh, that drive that goes down the field and 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 does their thing, but um, it's sweet just to be a part of it, kind of thing. Yeah. And being a part of, you know, the big all stars, you know, on the team that you know score all the time, yeah. and then being right next to them, and be like, hey, you know, I can play football, <laughs> you know, too, and yeah. and being a part of, you know, part of the team. So it's it's uh, it's amazing. It's a blessing, you know? Yeah. So just speak a little bit to. Your, your overall experience so far as a pro, like, how, how would you sum it up if you had to sum it up in a couple of sentences, your, your entire experience as a pro? So um, humbling um, and just being a pro, I feel like I've been, I've been training to, I've been training my mind and my, my work ethic to kind of be like that um, from the get-go. So I knew, you know, how to present yourself, how to do all those things in terms of how when you get there. Um, but my experience so far, obviously humbling. You know, you're going up against, you know, guys that have been in the NFL, guys that played against Julio Jones, guys yeah. who've, you know, played against um, all those superstars, you know, down south. So, and then for them to come up here, you play against them and, and share the same field is, is something that's, you know, it's special and it's a blessing. Um, and I'm just th- I'm just thankful to be honest to to play with them and be able to you know just be a football player out there with them. Yeah. So 
So I just want to ask you a little bit about your goal. So you said uh, a little earlier that one of your goals is to play for 10 years and anything mm -hmm. plus like would be just gravy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have any goals statistically wise or just kind of any goals for, for your career as a CFL player outside of that 10 year goal? Yeah. So with that 10 year goal, um, obviously, you know, I want to be, I think, step by step. I want to be a CFL all-star um, would be the next step. And well, probably the step before that would be kind of the main guy, you know, the main the main starter, you know, um, the guy who everybody probably expect to start. I want to be a starter, then, you know, obviously, you know, an all-star and then an East all-star and then a CFL all-star. And I think my biggest goal right now, though, is that Grey Cup. Mm. I was waiting Cup, for you man. to mention that. that yeah. Grey Cup. Yeah. Um, and being able to share that with the Thai Cats and that organization would be uh, my main goal right now. So that's that'd be awesome. So we got we got to get that this year, man. Yeah, like, you guys are looking good right now. Number one team in the league. Yeah, number so. one team in the East and number one team in the league. So that's really awesome. So yeah. we gotta we gotta keep on working and and uh, and stay on our path there. But um, but yeah, for personally, um, all star and stuff and and try to make my way. You know to be. Um, a big figure in, in the league and being somebody that, you know, kids look up to and mm -hmm. stuff. And I can see it a little bit, you know, sometimes you already I, are, yeah. I get, I get messages sometimes on Instagram being like, Hey, is my, uh, can you like give me some tips and stuff? And that kind of like, you know, yeah. gets to me a little bit. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I gotta like, I don't even have kids yet. And I gotta, you know, you know, take care of like younger people and show them, you know, um, how to do things and yeah. stuff so it's it's pretty special yeah and i like i love it a lot nice um but yeah obviously make my way to the top and maybe get an opportunity in the nfl so that'd be awesome man just trying to you know work and work and work yeah. you know that's, that's all you can do at the end of the day so yeah so I just want to kind of highlight how impressive it is for for people that may not know so it is called the cfl the canadian football league but one thing that a lot of people may not know is that it is a dominated. It's a sport dominated by Americans, even in the Canadian Football League. Mm -hmm. They do have rules in place, though, where you have a certain amount of Canadians on the field at a time, and I think that there's a certain amount of Canadians on a roster. But there's there's certain positions where it's kind of unheard of to have a Canadian player start or even play at that position. Like running back is one of them. Quarterback, I don't think there's a, a starting quarterback that's Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, just some of the some of the big positions, maybe middle linebacker. So just wanted to kind of highlight, again, how impressive it is that you're only in your second year, first of all, and B, being a Canadian, that you were able to start two games for the Tiger Cats, and just really impressive, and uh, I want to say I'm proud of you, you know? So Appreciate it, bro. proud of that. <laughs> all right, so another thing that I wanted to kind of talk to, um, we talked about it a little bit before, but so as you said, you have a couple classes left to do at Ottawa U, so how important is it to you to go back and finish that degree? Um, honestly, it it's it's something that always runs through my head you know I started I started school you know so long ago and you want to be able to say I finished school mm -hmm. you know something your parents put you in your mom and dad put you in and say hey you know we got to have education you know you got to learn about things and those things you know you take you take with you so um, it's so important for me to finish because football you know only gonna last it's not gonna last the rest of your life mm -hmm. so um, if I'm blessed enough to play that long, then awesome. Um, and if not, then I want to have you know a backup plan. You know, you gotta you gotta be smart at the same time and realistic. So I want to you know be able to finish the degree as soon as possible, um, and then being able to start my career after. Um, so the season will go, season yeah. will end, and then in the off season, I want to be able to build my, you know, build what I can do outside of football. So I, I just don't want to be just a football player. You know, I want to be, you know, you know, environmental consultant, engineer, environmental engineer or whatever, yeah. uh, things like that. So um, just being able to build something like that afterwards. Yeah. So what is your what is your degree in for those who, who don't know? Um, so I'm in my degree would be um, so after your second year in environmental science, you get to choose kind of like your your speciality or specialization. Mm -hmm. So speciality. Speciality. <laughs> Specialty? <laughs> Continue. Sorry, sorry. Um, so, yeah, specialization. 
Um, so there's uh, animal form and function. No. Uh, biodiversity. Something biodiversity. And then there's global change. And then there's ecotoxicology and geochemistry. So I'm going to do the last one. And then so my degree would be uh, an honors in environmental science with a specialization in ecotoxicology and geochemistry. And then hopefully, um, because of football, how it kind of, um, during the years, I had to take four classes instead of five, which is usually kind of the recommended when you're just in school. Um, so I, I did four. So those classes kind of trickled down. and I have a few more spaces to do more classes. So uh, hopefully I can get a minor in geology. That was kind of something I hoped to get. Because that was, that was originally the... Um, the, one of the two choices I wanted to get into was either a degree in geology or environmental science. So um, to say I kind of have a lot of one and then a little bit of both is, yeah. it would be nice. But we'll see how, you know, they elect to choose the, like, the credits and stuff and see if they switch over or whatever. But but yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what are, what is your kind of your career goal post post CFL to, to use that uh, that environmental science and uh, toxicology mm-hmm. degree so uh, I want to work if you figured it out yeah so yeah even I don't know what uh, exactly I which wanted. is okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to I think in the general area of things kind of maybe go out west and work with uh, you know uh, oil companies or something like that or maybe do hydro mm-hmm. um, some kind of hydro contamination uh, thing um, I think kind of in that area, because uh, I, I know that environmental issues is something that's popping up a lot lately. Um, it's something that's going to be big going down the road here. So I think, uh, you know, if I can find something in there, it'd be really nice. Um, you know, out west is beautiful too, so that'd be a plus too. But, but yeah, something somewhere on those lines. Awesome. So before we wrap it up, I uh, just wanted to ask you maybe one or two more questions. So mm-hmm. if you were... I kind of asked a similar question to this, but it was more so about the training and and becoming, going to the next level from being in high school to to being in the CIS or or U Sports. But Mm -hmm. if you had any general advice that you would give to anyone who is in the the world of sports or playing football, what what advice might you give them? Um, I think my best advice would be, you know, just try to, Take advantage of each of your opportunities, even though they may be small. Uh, like the side, like I said in the beginning, a little earlier in our chat was like, the small things make so much of a difference. Um, I'll say, for example, um, you've been taught all through football, you know, where are your eyes, where are your eyes, where are your eyes, mosquito, you know, you got to look here, you got to look here. In the CFL, Guys, you know, sometimes you get you see guys get beat, but the only thing that was wrong was they weren't looking at the mm. right spot. So it's just small things that, you know, that make the biggest difference. So being somebody that be able to, you know, be disciplined enough to to uh, you know, appreciate the significance in those little things would be huge. Uh, especially at a young age when you're trying to, you know, develop, you know, things that that yourself you'd want to see uh, yourself in the future being successful so I think again small things habits and you know just trying to be the best person you can be on and off the field too because um, football if you play football it'll do wonders to you because it teaches you so many things mm-hmm. um, how to be like a great person uh, overall and, and things like that and and appreciate you know being a people person I think is something that's that's uh, tools you can use outside of the football field absolutely so yeah hmm. would you ever see yourself uh, it's one of my last questions would you ever see yourself getting into the coat the world of coaching you talked about being kind of a role model and there's kids mm-hmm. that will reach out to you do you ever see yourself kind of leveraging that into hey maybe more than just replying to a kid on Instagram you ever look at maybe you would go into coaching and, and helping out kids that way mm-hmm. I think uh, it'd be something that be on my on my to-do list I think um, be able to give back to you know the kids in a physical form mm-hmm. more than like you know like you said yeah. like a digital form um, so I think that'd be super important um, and something that I, sh- I should do um, 
but I know, I don't know if coaching um, kind of take that career for me, just being a coach, period, because um, I think I, I like to do, um, after football time, of course, um, trying to see, you know, what else I can do yeah. kind of thing. I meant more so, like, on a volunteer basis. Oh, volunteer like basis. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, absolutely, if, you know, I'm doing this after football is done, you know, hey, Jazz, you want to come coach? You know, I, might, I might have to poach you, man, hey, man. for one of the teams I'm, uh, I'm coaching. Whatever position I'm at <laughs> and the, whatever I'm pissing at right now, and, you know, hit me up and yeah. I'll come help out. So, absolutely. Awesome. So, Jackson, I want to give you a big thank you for coming on the show. I know you're a busy professional athlete now, nah, but you, know, you, you make time to come <laughs> in and be on the show. So, I really appreciate that. And uh, from the Triple S Puck, actually, before we wrap it up, sorry, just tell the people where they can find you on social media if they want to see uh, you know, some, hey. some Dina's pictures. <laughs> Um, I'm on Instagram, Axon Jackson B, um, you know, to find me and, you know, Facebook, Jackson Bennett, um, and whatever, you know, just, you know, put me on Google and stuff mm -hmm. and you should be able to find me on the, on the CFL site yeah. and stuff like that. So Check those highlights on YouTube too. <laughs> awesome. So from the Triple S podcast, I'm Brandon Smith joined by my best friend, Jackson Bennett. Yes, sir. Thanks for being on again. Appreciate it, man. We'll see love. you guys later. Thanks. Yeah, this be a life, no gimmick.